0: Hi, Repo Boys. Um,
1: oh, he said it. He said it is official. PM edition.
0: <laughs> um, I'm Pete.
1: Tight, 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 tight. Wait to drink him. boy
0: of of Poe is um is Josh. Thanks um, for I me a am tight drinking. Boy. I am. Well, you know, um, compliment Snowball. Okay, mm-hmm. um, going down the hill of friendship mm-hmm. and huh, maybe a compliment rolls my way. <laughs> it's all, it's uh, maybe it does, know, Chekhov's compliment maybe it for doesn't. This
1: episode the ticking clock. Well, I'll just go ahead and throw a shout out because I don't know if you've looked at our followers, we're at 103 now, baby. Um,
0: they're to the moon
1: because yeah. we lost, we lost followers and we were no longer at 100, and you didn't want to do. A fan fiction. And I said, no, no, no. got to be the change you want to see in the world. And lo and behold. And I happen to know that two of our most recent followers are <laughs> a friend of mine, Clint, who followed us from his personal and professional Twitter accounts. And he was telling me that he really just subscribes to the podcast and never listens. And he hopes that helps. And I think it probably does. <laughs> but he said that he forgot that it was next in the <laughs> queue. And he was listening to a true crime podcast in the shower. And the next thing you know, it's you and me talking about how hard it is
0: to have a podcast with two alphas. <laughs> um, which, to your friend, I mean, I can clearly see his name is um, It That is one of the weirder things I've heard of people listening to podcasts. Um, in the shower, you don't listen to podcasts our today? soothing voices talking... No, i do not i don't i, I don't i don't have good enough um, audio quality um well probably shower too but we don't let's safe work podcast let's not get into our um you know more private mm-hmm, moments mm-hmm. um for our, you know safe work podcast but uh, thank you thank you Clint sorry um Slint um uh, uh, um out um for the follow <laughs> <That's>
1: um, <boring. laughs> so you were Lo and behold I think it was at the end of last week's episode That I decided to buy this book So we're talking mm-hmm. We're talking High Republic again But before we get there Did you have anything up top? Because I've got a big one
0: Um, I do Great. not um, we're, um, I, I thought Yeah, go ahead We, we switched to a, a new
1: podcast hosting service Some episodes ago and this service provides uh, a deeper analytics. And when we first joined, it promised to give us um, gender and age demographics, which for Star Wars podcasts like us, I mean, that could be, those could fall anywhere. And for a long time, you know, we were a new podcast. They had to, you know, analyze the data. It took them a while, it took them months to analyze the data and the numbers are in. And, um, there, they, they, speak volumes and i think in 2021 what podcast wouldn't be thrilled to say that 100 <laughs> percent of their listeners <laughs> 100 no. of their listeners are male between the age of 18 and 34 uh-huh um so i mean i guess sarah's not listening anymore so i don't know there goes one listener um yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That said, I don't know
0: how are they getting that data. Spotify well, the Spotify. I think that's board? probably Spotify data. Yeah, I think it's Spotify data. Spotify. Because Spotify connects to your um, Facebook, go. so that's I'm one on way Facebook. they can get. Um, I'm sorry, not on
1: Facebook. Spotify's got to go.
0: Um, I mean, Spotify's fine, but I would imagine. That that doesn't have all of her information because right. I prefer to believe literally that literally just any
1: um, one woman listens to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it's just you know I don't want to. I don't yeah, want I mean,
1: to be kind of deafening statistic here. Where is your mom in all of this, Pete?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's definitely complained about the podcast enough for me to believe Girl. that she listens, but for. If, if she were to complain and not listen, I mean, that'd be hilarious. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. So um, I actually listened to last week's episode a few times. A f- few times. <laughs> yeah, I listened I listened um, a few times. So I, I might be, you know, a few downloads from last I, week. I mean, I ain't trying
1: <laughs> to say nothing or nothing, but I don't know if you check the stats, but Giant Temple Challenge After Dark. Is in our top five highest listened episodes that we've had since we switched to the new streams. There was no big deal, and then uh, you know a little bit of a drop off going to your episodes, whatever. And uh, knowing that there was that drop off, even though you listened to the episode three times, um, again speaks volumes towards these statistics. <laughs>
0: Well, we also don't understand how the statistics work at oh, all. Oh, and I make no And difference. I also like how you take ownership over these episodes. Well, it was mine, so when I you know what you
1: said was dumb, which is the only reason I take ownership over it.
0: Listen, I I I did my best to improve it, and it you sounds like it's I, it, it sounds like I did. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it really did. What an interesting um, takeaway with how with how many downloads. I have a really that listeners IDF is how
1: episode and it's not even going to matter because no one's listening anymore.
0: So listeners, a thing that I do really well oh. is I take credit for things that aren't my own, and if I do something wrong or don't know something, I push it on somebody else so that i come across as great I just love like if i don't know something I, I ask
1: 34 year old men listening to this podcast or this other 18 to 34 year old man goes you know oh. what i do well
0: <laughs> so what am i supposed to do teach them about um how great i am at stuff because yeah, 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 yeah. we, i mean i've we've got some workout podcasts um that we've talked about in previous episodes um, but that's not the goal of what we're talking about today. Today yeah, is, is an even more niche goal. thing, yeah. even even more niche than eighteen to thirty four year old year old males. Um, yes. We are talking about.
1: <laughs> I know it's hard um, to think a that book. Could be more niche than eighteen to thirty
0: four year old males, but um, one might say that they are a small subsect of the Star Wars fan base. Others might say that they are a large segment. I would, I cannot, I hope that we can get off this conversation as quickly as possible. So.
1: We read another book.
0: This week's episode, yeah. We read read another book.
1: For the second time in Poe Boys history, we both read a book. It's not a comic book. It's a real book with real words and no, not even one picture. I genuinely thought there might be because it's supposed to be for 12 to 18 year olds. And I mean, I don't know, 12 year olds like pictures. I don't know and so also that i mean we're really we're really shooting ourselves in the foot with this covering this book because i mean it's only 12 to 18 year olds and we are 18 to 34 year olds so it's very it's a very slim venn diagram but we're trying to reach the youth i guess we are talking star wars the high republic into the dark by claudia gray which did come out mm-hmm. recently correct like within the last it, did it come out in february or january
0: the day the day we recorded It came out. It had come
1: out. Okay, so I Um, it's like new. Like it's within. Yeah, it came
0: out here. I already, I already have the Wikipedia up. It came out three weeks ago.
1: Three weeks. Okay.
0: So So February second is when it came out.
1: Okay. Yeah, and and you had been reading it, um, e reading or whatever, and we had we had sort of touched on it last week, and I liked Light of the Jedi well enough. But when we covered Line of the Jedi, I was like, I ain't about to fall into this rabbit hole. I know where this goes, (laughs) based on several crippling uh, comic book addictions. But, you know, Royal Street was, this book was pretty cool, and we were out of ideas for things to talk about. And so I did end up um, grabbing it, and it came in the mail. I got it on Wednesday, and I finished it. I had stuff going on so there was a day or two I didn't read any of it but I mean I, I, I ran through it pretty quick uh and unlike, so unlike Light of the Jedi we're gonna cover the whole book here in one episode because this book was not divided there there really
0: isn't a neat section for it
1: I mean yeah I could I could yeah if I had to I could but yeah I know what you mean yeah it's, it's 26 chapters and I mean it's also you know the the hardcover book is thick but it's Smaller pages. Oh, really? Small, smaller pages, not a lot of words per page necessarily. Um,
0: oh, that's that's for you to put in your um your your notes.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. Let me write that down real quick. Um, <clears throat> uh, my my proposal for how we go about covering this, mm-hmm. since we're not dividing it neatly into three parts, would be like up front. Let's talk about this back of the cover kind of stuff. Um, the broad strokes of what this book is. I'll probably talk maybe about why I've decided to read it, and then what we can we can get into full spoilers for this book, and then I think at the very end maybe full spoilers for this book and Light of the Jedi. So
0: okay. sort of as we go so,
1: more and more spoilers, you know.
0: So bro- broader broader strokes. Mm-hmm. This is the um, second or third book in the High Republic series. This is part of that big. Um, working group mm-hmm. of different Star Wars authors that are all working towards a collective goal in comic books, books, and I think that's it. Um, I mean, at some point, there's going to be a TV show, Acolytes. Uh, um, yeah, they haven't
1: really talked about how tightly intertwined with this that is, though. Because, I mean, this is supposed to be, what, 200 years before Phantom Menace, correct?
0: Two hundred or three hundred years. Yeah, and I think Acolyte um, is yeah. supposed
1: to be fifty years before. Like it's like right at the end of the High Republic. But yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, um, Light of the Jedi sets up a gets the series started. There's an um a, and there's an the event young That event series. Mm-hmm. And like then that the, event the kind offer. of sends a bunch of sends a bunch of Jedi in different areas. And then this book is concurrently with the um, event that starts the entire high Republic series, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this fall, fo- this book follows um, three, G- three, four Jedi that, and explains their story of what was happening when the larger book light of the Jedi was happening. So yeah, there are some references to, I, I think only one of these Jedi, in light of the jedi uh yeah, which is the main character a,
1: right right Mm-hmm. yeah and i i, I will just up right up front say though i it never this book i think was very much in danger of feeling like ancillary or like a very like uh like an agents of shield type of deal where it's like oh the main, you know, the, the grown-up book is the is the movie, and then this is just something like an appendage or whatever, but the, I, I think this book stands on its own um, perfectly well and is an engaging story without uh, necessarily, I think there's pro- like maybe some specifics to the broad what's going on in the galaxy that are were nice to have, but as far as, you know, the characters and the drama and stuff in this book, I think it's fairly self-contained
0: well another thing too is light of the jedi not to get into any huge amount of details because we spent three episodes listeners i yeah, go listen to them you can listen to them we we got we go through each part in detail mm-hmm. all right we say we eh, we I, I like it. that it oh i didn't like that multiple book. times mm-hmm. at one point i'm like the villain eh. and then i'm like oh wow the villain but still uh eh. mm-hmm. anyway that book follows and sets up the villain for the series, Light of the Jedi, and is like, you know, I don't know, like 17 Jedi or something. It's like a, it's a ton. It's too many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it goes it goes into yeah. like certain ones. Um, and It explains their story a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Light of the Jedi would have been a thousand pages if they, if they had done this. This book, Into the Dark, basically solves a criticism of like man i wish i had had 75 or 100 more pages on one of these jedi from into the dark um Mm -hmm. this i think this i think this did a really good job of the jedi that are referenced into it and we're talking way too general right now so let's get into some specifics in a little bit um i think it did a really good job as a pocket story and i hope that the jedi that are in this I would imagine they're going to be another stories. Yeah, there's, it would I mean, there's me characters here
1: I really want to see again, for sure. Mm. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, I guess, yeah, just broad mm-hmm. strokes. You know, there's a big event that kicks off the High Republic, and this book follows that event's impact on a small cast of characters. And rather than kind of hopping around the whole galaxy and going to a bunch of, de- like, Game of Thrones-type style almost, like High Republic, this is more... Mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels kind of where it's like this is your core cast we're sticking with them um, and they end up you know I don't know there's no uh, 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 you know they end up yeah they end up on abandoned abandoned hyperstation it says that in the thing so I'm okay to say that they they, they end up on an abandoned space
0: station oh here let me and, let me read the pl- the publisher summary yeah exactly let's just get into okay. it okay so let's just alright so this book. Yeah. So here's the summary from the publisher: mm-hmm. Padawan Wreath Silas is being sent from the Cosmat <laughs> Coruscant. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to call it the cosmopolitan galactic capital of Coruscant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the undeveloped frontier, and he couldn't be less ha- happy about it. That is correct. Um, he'd rather stay at the Jedi Temple studying the archives. But when the ship he's traveling on is knocked out of hyperspace in a galactic-wide disaster, Wreath finds himself at the center of the action. The Jedi and their traveling companions find refuge on what appears to be an abandoned space station. But then strange things start happening, leading the Jedi to investigate the truth behind the mysterious station, a truth that could end in tragedy. Boom. So, so mm-hmm.
1: you before I started reading this were texting me about it and you seemed uh, pretty into this Wreath Cyrus fella.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um... You like him. I I actually when I think of like, can I imagine um, a person I know as this character? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I imagine this character as you. That's like a more interesting
1: book- because my first note is that you are Reef Cyrus and
0: I. Am Thank you. That's very nice. On a guy. Oh, Des Rydon. <laughs> no, Leox. <laughs> i'm the, the drug addict he is the
1: right.
0: drug addict philanderer what are you talking about philanderer did you read this uh, book anyway i don't
1: remember yeah it shows i'm that guy you're the dork um i told you no, I
0: you're, you're the geo dude that nobody wants to talk to but Bro. like does a bunch of stuff behind the scenes oh all right let's we're gonna get into the Geode so the at this point
1: star wars since since, since whatever Geo um
0: Let's. So we're gonna get into we're gonna get into Seven the details. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're gonna get into the details of this. Um, spoilers for Into the Dark. Um, sure. I feel like a lot of you are never gonna read this book. So if you want us to kind of explain some like blow by blows of like this book, or um, I feel like this character might come into a TV show at some point, or at least a cartoon. So I'm look. I'm really looking forward to a lot of these characters.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I really liked, uh, like the protagonists were fine. I found the secondary and tertiary characters, the most exciting though. And I will say, I will say I did actually have like given when information is doled out over the course of this book. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've already said full spoilers here. So, I mean, we don't really find out about the Dengear until over halfway into the book. Like, the final act of the book, they're kind of finally revealed, right? But I've, they've promoted High Republic so extensively that I knew the Dengar were a thing, right? Mm -hmm. But in the whole, throughout the course of the book, Cormac McCarthy or whoever the heck that one (laughs) sad Jedi's name is. Sure, yeah, yeah. Is like... Well, we have all we all know about dark side plants. We famously, all of us know what it feels like to have an evil plant. And so I'm thinking, oh, he's talking about the dengueer, these evil plants that everybody and their mother has been trying to cram down my throat with all this High Republic material. And the only reason he would possibly constantly be going on about evil plants is because they're not these evil plants. Mm-hmm. But Then it is the evil plants, which I also had confirmed for me because I watched these new um, Star Wars High Republic like character profiles that are like minute and a half little animations that they're releasing on Star Wars YouTube page, and mm-hmm. that was also like, oh yeah, when like little minor Barrier Reef Silas and his buddies end up on the station, the den gear come out. I was like, well, I'm not at that part of the book yet. So thank you for that. But I'll yeah,
0: I yeah, I got spoiled. I got spoiled similarly where I was mm-hmm. like looking some information up. And on the Wikipedia, it has, um, it shows, like, Reith Silas, like, if you look at his character profile, it shows that, you know, master, you know, touchy-feely guy. becomes, um, yeah. Yeah. Becomes Parker his, Parker. Yeah, um, becomes his uh, master. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. Well, I mean, you already know about Jorah. Um, right,
1: if you've read. Yeah.
0: Um, Jedi. So... Well, let's get so you know, let's let's get into some um, some different beats. Um, the, the start of it is wreath is really really upset about having to be torn away from Coruscant, and is like the equivalent yeah, of like a he, city kid that mm-hmm. has to like go to a summer camp. Yeah, he's
1: like, "What do you mean I have to leave Erie, Pennsylvania for literally anywhere else?"
0: <laughs> You've never been in a situation like that. Um, oh my gosh. I, yeah.
1: I I don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) I just go with the flow.
1: (laughs) It's not about saving trees.
0: Yeah, just rocks. Um, yeah, I really, (laughs) I really enjoyed the character a ton. Like, it was a character that, like, clearly is privileged and, you know, is reflective. But, like, really, all he wants to do is just get into his books. (laughs) And he... (laughs) I, I don't know how he, sh- he really should have had glasses. He I does not
1: I draw glasses
0: on. The way that this cover. character is described in the book cover is not at all how the character should actually look. No. because he looks no. just like, you know,, um, you know, I would imagine somebody that got mowed down in order 66 very quickly in the background <laughs> of mm-hmm. episode three. Um, just like a nondescript person. Um, but a character that I really, really enjoyed for a lot. And which it's, it's impressive for them to do that of the bookish person that doesn't want to engage in the actual, you know, hero's journey whatsoever. And I was surprised that they hadn't really gotten into a character like that in star Wars yet. So I, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, um so yeah, so what did you think of Wreath? I
1: thought he was fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought he was fine. I really, like I said, I, my, my favorite characters were kind of more periphery, but um, I enjoyed him well enough. I, I thought he had um, some interesting internal discourse. I really enjoyed, at least briefly, you know, he ends up in a skirmish Saving someone from being kidnapped and cut somebody's arm off, mm-hmm. which is the first. I mean, you know, he's a little dork. So it's like, oh, my glasses, my glasses. I never done this before. And it's sort of replaying that over and over again in his mind and kind of juxtaposing that with, you know, chopping somebody's arm off is the first thing we see a Jedi do. Obi-Wan Kenobi chops off, you know, Bib Fortuna or what's his name? Not Bib Fortuna, Panda Boba's arm, you know in Mos the Cantina, that's the first thing a Jedi does, slice that arm off, like it's nothing, mm-hmm. so having a character do that here, and a younger character, you know, the opposite of Obi-Wan Kenobi you know, and not a, a wealth of experience um, grapple with that, I thought was pretty interesting, but then in the end he's like, oh I'm opening the airlock and murdering this whole station, so <laughs> but before that <laughs> I found that um, I, I found that pretty interesting
0: well, and at one point, he thinks to himself like, "They did this, not me." Like a very like Rick from Walking Dead, um, justification oh, yeah, sure. like, "They chose yes. to engage in violence, so they will have yeah. a violent end." And then yep. just yep. like, at one point, you know the Nihil um, Nan, um, you know, spares spares him because he saved mm-hmm. her earlier on, and then sh- he could have easily killed her when he does that and is, you know, earlier on murdering trees and stuff like that. Anyway, um, so they're being sent to the frontier. There's Cormac McCarthy, Uh, um, Orla, Orla, who, I forget what species she is. She's super white. Umbaran, okay. Which we see from the um, Darkness on Umbara, Um, which is one of the probably top, top, Four or five arcs in Clone Wars. Great arc, great um, arc.
1: great animation.
0: And Cormac and Orla know each other from when they were Padawans, and they're scarred by something that by flashbacks. Yeah, by by flashbacks. And then the last person is I just,
1: all right. Let's just say right up front, okay. I you really, really like this book. I'm, I feel like I'm going to be saying things that are like nitpicky. I really enjoyed this book. I think I preferred it um, to Light of the Jedi.
0: Oh, really? But okay. I also
1: yeah, but I, I prefer like I, I enjoy this book quite a bit. So just preface any you know comedic sniping I do throughout the rest of this because mm-hmm. I got jokes, baby. Um, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You're saying oh yeah, Dez.
0: Yeah, and then Dez is like Dez the cooler right. upperclassmen that you're like connected to. Yeah, Maybe you went to like the same middle smokes. school or something, or you're like cooler ol- older He's cousin like your
1: friends. He's your friend's older brother. Your friend's
0: older brother. That's a perfect way of, of uh, describing it. Yeah. Um so the four of them are off. Um to the frontier.
1: here. That
0: we have Because
1: Reed Silas is is what's her name's Padawan. Is
0: Jorah Molly's Jor, yeah, who's in charge of Starlight Beacon. So they're
1: and, supposed to go out to Starlight
0: Beacon. And she's Beacon. the Togruta, um, mm-hmm. which is Ahsoka's species um mm-hmm. council member that yeah.
1: And she's leaving the council to take up heading Starlight Beacon. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how this book starts is her breaking news to um, Reef Boy about this. And I was like, all right, I don't know about this because, look, I like The the Jedi, but, bro, a third of that book is getting this, like, great disaster from every conceivable perspective possible. Mm-hmm. And I had so little interest in getting (laughs) another perspective. Like, I do not care. I understand. Leave it alone. And mercifully, I thought Claudia Gray did a great job of, like, this is from their vantage point what happened. But we're not, like, stewing on it. Like, it happens, and then they are dealing with the aftermath, like it moved along at a very nice clip because yeah, I was just like, man, they're going to like re-explain this for everyone who hasn't read that book, but they did not And I thought that was uh, um, very helpful to the story. Kept moving things along really interesting. Ways.
0: And if you haven't read light of the Jedi too, I mean, the only thing you're missing from not reading light of the Jedi is the description of Jorah. Like I, I feel like the, the chapters that she's in, in Light of the Jedi, really help describe just what she brings to the table, and the impact that she has on Wreath specifically. Everything else is pretty much... In Light of the Jedi? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything else you don't really need.
1: She's not a major character in that book.
0: She gets like like one POV chapter, two of of them, them, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let's just get to the cool stuff, which is they get picked up on this vessel Mm -hmm. called Vessel, go figure. By everybody's favorite character, Leox, whoever. Geossi? And sure. Yeah. And his bro, Geode, who's cool as heck, and Affy Hollow. Right? Sure. A- it is. Isn't a- it just Hollow? Affy, yeah. Affie. Her name is Affy. And they get ripped out of hyperspace by a great disaster, and they end up at this space station arboretum that's derelict, along with several other vessels that have been ripped out of hyperspace pete did you recognize this space station
0: no i didn't
1: because we have covered it on Poe boys
0: oh this
1: space station appears in first and second issues of rise of kylo ren really and after kylo ren does the deed of keeping it vague for those who haven't read it, but Kyle Ren goes to Snoke who's at and Snoke mm-hmm. is in, is at that station.
0: Wow. So you were geeking out. And I was
1: like, I'm reading it. And I'm like, this seems like that station. And I, you know, I kept reading and then I went back and looked at those issues. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's the same place. Um, which was also cool. Cause I had a visual for it and it just, I don't know. I just, cause even reading that book for the first time, the, Kyle Ren book one of my favorite things was in Arboretum in space I just thought that was really cool so a huge a
0: huge
1: part of this book that I really liked was just the setting I thought was really cool
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and like Star Wars does have they haven't really leaned into it all that much of like different space stations um but there's definitely really cool really really cool concepts out there for them to kind of explore more like the one I'm thinking of specifically is um from the Clone Wars Lost episodes where it's the one where um, not Rex. Um, I forget which clone realizes that he's chipped and five I fives think. and he shoots one of the twin Jedi. But that station mm-hmm. is like orbiting. It's like a station all around the planet, if I remember correctly. Oh, interesting. Um, which is really cool. Um, really cool idea. That is I, yeah. I had no idea. I did not I did not know that. Um it was that station. Yep. And he
1: talks about like, oh yeah, this station was like people trying to keep darkness at bay and look how that worked out and stuff like that. That's interesting.
0: And they reference um the Amaxian, which I think is the first I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, I don't because I there's a like the Zepho, I think, are the ancient aliens from from Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I didn't recognize the anamorphs or whatever they're
0: called. Uh, Maxine, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool of them showing different species that have been wiped out. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, those ones having specific technology that becomes an issue um, later on in the yeah. book.
1: Well, and it's cool for them to set up prequels to the prequels to the prequels.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're always setting, setting things up that will potentially contradict, you know, 10, 15 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said i also really enjoyed the idea of that station blocking solar flares and all of the ships having to go in to protect from the solar flares that premise was kind of mm-hmm. good um of you know there's all these different ships that are you know out of hyperspace and they all go into that one station um yeah. did you do that i know that you hate this part but did you look up all the different species as they were going through this on wikipedia once or
1: once or twice once or twice mm-hmm. yeah i because in the back I you know i don't read star wars books i mean i've tried them out in the past i've made a point of feeling you know it's just that's that's a the the fandom that I'm I'm not as engaged by because you know there's I feel like there's plenty Star Wars fans out there who maybe just watch the movies or they watch the movies in Mandalorian but they don't watch Clone Wars or whatever I watch Clone Wars I watch Rebels I read some comic books I don't really read the books that often mm-hmm. but I I'm I feel at this point I'm sufficiently my Goodreads review for this book was just damn I guess I read Star Wars books because <laughs> I I you know I'm gonna read the next um adult one and i'm gonna read the next one in this young adult series i think that come out this summer but part of me as i was reading this was like you know eventually if you read enough of these you don't have to wikipedia anything anymore
0: oh no i've i've read a fair amount and i always (laughs) have to wikipedia now granted they're introducing new species like there's that porcupine species that is introduced in this book
1: What? what are you talking about
0: oh um so the two different species—the one that like can survive the solar flares, and the other one that can't. Oh
1: yeah, where did they even go? Um,
0: they one of them eventually gets kicked yeah, out. they just leave. And uh, um, porcupine. <laughs> and then the other one, I think, also gets like just leaves naturally or something. But um, one of them is like yeah. le- le- legitimately. It's like you know, each they do different. Like oh, uh, mon Calamari's are mm. like you know, squid aliens. We have shark aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point we were going to have porcupine aliens. Um, and that's what one of those are. Um, I think the other ones are monkeys gotcha. or something. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't, I don't remember the differences between the two of them. They weren't a, a, a big part of the story and not, not extremely memorable. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, really the main species in this book Uh, which speaks to, you know, we keep saying the adult novel, the young adult novel. This is just how the publisher is describing these things. There's the, you know, 18 over, like, regular, you know, grown-up version of the books. And then this book is supposed to be, like, young adult, 12 to 18. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot in this book where I was like, well, shoot. At this point, I mean, they're talking about drugs. They're talking about sex. What's the difference between um this book and and the other book and it's the primary species is is teens it's all teens baby and it's exactly the same as um Life of the jedi but when they introduce a character at some point they make a point of being like um oh and they're 17
0: um yeah i mean i I, so I don't think there's a huge difference in at least, not one that I really saw between *Lay of the Jedi* and *Into the Dark*. I didn't think so either.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's—I'm sure there's a there's a style book somewhere internally to to Star Wars folk that dictates what can and can't be in. But I mean, yeah, they talk about sex. They talk about drugs. So,
0: um, let's talk about the Jedi for a second. So. We have you Cormac, are Jedi.
1: That's crazy.
0: We have Cormac who is like, feels the force too much, is like his thing. Um, One, and like resents not being allowed to. Uh, resents not being able to touch the dark side or like have some interaction with it. So I, he.
1: Yeah, Claudia Gray phrases it really um, interestingly in the book, and t- talking about the like the violent bisection of the force, mm-hmm. um, and this and this idea that it's that it's wrong to just like like you have to go out of your way to cordon off like a full half of this naturally occurring thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So I, yeah, I, 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 appreciated some of Cormac's musings on that subject.
0: And then we had um, Orla, who is a pathfinder, wayseeker. Oh, Pete! Oh, Pete! Yeah, she's a wayseeker. Is uh, is there another We're reference not to that? To
1: be confused. So. There is a reference to something very similar that they then go out of their way to be like, ah, no, Josh, it's not that. Because this is actually that, which is called the Barash Vow. Which is what Dez ends up taking at the end of the book. Which is sort of a Mm -hmm. punitive exile. Where you are away from all of the attachments of the Jedi Order. And you just go off to commune with the Force. And that also reared its head in a different Charles Soule comic book. And the Barash Vow, to the best of my knowledge, anyway came about in Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic, in which in the immediate aftermath of Revenge of the Sith, Darth Vader ain't gotten a lightsaber. And, you know, I don't know, I guess it's like you have to find a regular crystal and make it bleed to have your red lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So in order to find a lightsaber, he finds a database and searches out Jedi who have taken the Barash Vow because they would have fell Order 66 in the Force but the, taking the vow means they have no, they don't step into the, um, you know, secular concerns of the Jedi Order.
0: Interesting. Huh, I'll have to check yeah, that out. That is
1: apparently different than, yeah, I think I got you the final volume of that series, like the fourth book. But that's in the first book that... Um, yeah, I master and follower, or whatever. It's pretty cool. Because I was,
0: cool. I was actually when, yeah. when you made that I mean, reference, I was thinking more about Asajj Ventress's master, who you know finds her, mm. and they you know are fine killing um, marauders and stuff, and he's training her to be a mm-hmm. Padawan, but she never actually makes it to the the temple, and you know obviously goes down her path. Um, so it's it's interesting that there's these different kind of subsets of people outside of the Jedi.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess not necessarily outside of, or like, I don't know, different, different paths. Cause you yeah, have the way secret thing. Like I said, as I was reading the description, I was like, Oh wait, is this the brash vow thing? But it's not. Um, so I guess her whole deal is, and again, I think Claudia grade did a really good job of articulating um, potential Issues one would have with a Jedi Order. And, and, you know, as much as I hate flashbacks, just in general, just in storytelling, I just don't care for flashbacks or dream sequences. Those are just my own hangups. The Her having a feeling in the Force to, like, do this thing that is against what a Jedi's tactics should be and her ignoring that and then somebody paying a real world price for that was, a I think, a very compelling way of of showing that, like, even people who believe in the Jedi Order, even people who are faithful Jedi and stuff, like, there are the Force works in mysterious ways or whatever, and that the Jedi have some sort of institutional means of exploring that is is certainly interesting. But part of me wonders, like, are we going to find out that maybe as the Jedi Order gets more and more high in its own supply and we get closer and closer to their downfall, will they start to look down on things like way-seeking and be like, no, no, no. You're getting too far off course here and we don't do the that. F- These are the rules. I'm Mace Windu. Harumph.
0: The funny thing is, I, I looked at it more from like a just like a profit margin perspective of Disney. Like, <laughs> is this a way to bring in people to help Ray? of, like, Wayseekers or that um, the the Jedi of what Des did. Um, mm-hmm. Like, is that used to kind of help explain, you know, when they eventually get to episode 10 of how Ray's is able to build things back up if they choose to go would, with that route? You would,
1: think, you would think that that would have already been used for Luke to do the
0: same thing. Right, yeah um or if luke you know which we may find out had the well and we're certainly going to find out the luke ahsoka stuff i would imagine uh, one way or another but that's that's a different story so um with with that being the case um we also see that you can email um, us
1: that oh we're still going
0: (laughs) we also see that um wreath is a person who um does not have a strong force connection like he has the force i did like that um, yeah. But he doesn't, and he recognizes that he has to do things at a higher level in terms of like what his intuition and his knowledge is, it makes up for it. Because, yeah, the, like
1: he's got to th- practice. He's not a, he's not a savant or whatever.
0: Mm hmm. Is he's it certain, like that. what, when it comes to the task, right? Like when he gets in the lightsaber battle with Des, like he holds his own and Des is supposed to be like stronger than him. Mm-hmm. Although at that point, you know, Dez, it, has his other going on. Mm -hmm. But it was a great explanation for him not realizing that Jorah was gone. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like him, him having to learn from a cold, emotionless robot. Like she's not injured. She, she died in the battle of whatever, whatever she did.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, it's also just nice. I mean, I, I think just Star Wars as a whole is constantly at this battle with itself largely waged by the people who are the creative forces behind it between is the force something special for only special people mm-hmm. or is it force something that we all innately have? I obviously prefer the latter explanation and characters like Reef and, and him being like, yes, I can tap in the force. I'm a Jedi, but I'm not, you know, Anakin Skywalker. I don't. I didn't just show up and become like this. Like I work, and I have to continue working to get to a level. And and but he also like he never begrudges that. Uh huh. Like he has an understanding with himself that that's how this is, and he's prepared to put in the work.
0: And on top of that too, they don't like overpower the other three Jedi with him. Like mm-hmm. it's hinted that, you know, all the three of them are stronger than him. But like that's not a, a defining part of the story of like one of these people needs to save him at any point. You know, mm-hmm. the strength of the force is like a, 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 not even a fourth or fifth byline of the story itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um yeah, I, I I really I really enjoy that kind of. Um, portion and him just going through the like I'm a Padawan without a master I what do I do I've got nothing to do Um, and going through like being in an organization where your role has been stripped from you um, was definitely also like a unique situation one that you know I I, I guess would be similar to like Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon of like well no he was given the position of master yeah Yeah. good
1: to go it's kind of crazy that they never got around to a story like that in Clone Wars with all the Jedi dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it is it is a, an interesting position. Well, there's just
0: so many characters that were introduced in Clone Wars, the movie, that yeah. they were never able to give a ton of stuff to. You know, it's not like they expanded really any of those council members' roles past, you know, what was already known. I mean, um, Kit... You know, no. gets his um padawan in that one episode, but that's pretty much it. Yep, yep. um, what'd you think of the council members Padawan's introduced? Drinking?
1: Oh, I didn't care for it at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it didn't really add a whole a whole lot to me. It was interesting when I was looking up the um one of the Jedi that was brought to help with um moving the um artifacts into the, the Sith- one. yeah. From from Clone Wars, Um, that was kind of interesting. Um, And this isn't the first time that they've hinted that, or just flat out stated that the count, the temple is built on a Sith temple.
1: Yeah, where do I know that from? Because it's not.
0: I was read it,
1: and it wasn't news to me, but I don't know why I know that. mm -hmm. I I wasn't like, oh my gosh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I also, yeah, like part of me is like, you know, I made a joke about the, um, Animorphs or whoever the old alien species is being like a prequel to prequel to prequel, but like really in the back of my head, I'm like, well, shoot, if you're going to do like a High Republic to the High Republic flashback series, like Mm -hmm. show me all these Sith, man, show me the Sith, like as an organization, show like the idea that there were Sith fighting plant monsters. <laughs> is cool as heck because it's just like, like the Sith are always just like this the Sith are the opposite of the Jedi, the Sith are opposition, They're, mm-hmm. they exist to be a thorn in the Jedi's side. But it's like obviously there's more of the Sith to that, I'm sure. And so, this idea of like the Sith playing these plant monsters, like that's just like that's his own thing. That's not the Jedi, that's just the Sith being the Sith, and they got their own little adventures going on, you know, and they got their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was very cool.
0: I, so what did you think of the Dengar? The Dengar? Yeah, Gengars.
1: Deng, Dengar the Bally hunter, or Gengar the Pokemon?
0: Genjar the, Dren-Jar Gen-Jar Dren-Jar. the Plant Monster.
1: Genjar um, the Plant Monster. Oh, you mean Biolanty.
0: <laughs>
1: what? Um, look it up. Okay. Uh, Biolanty is very cool. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm in the bag for that kind of thing. I don't know. Plant monsters cool as heck. I will say, I didn't think they would talk, and I'm kind of torn on them talking. Like I, I just, you know, on paper you get like dark side plant, and that just seems like lame. Uh, Very cool mm-hmm. and very elemental. Yes, that's and what and I, very, I agree. Um, not, well, not lame. Don't you have houseplants now? Calm down. Well, I was about um, to say,
0: you know, after reading that, I was watering my philodendrons, and I was like, "Oh my god!" If the tables were turned, would 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 it eat me? Yeah. When it looks at me, is it like, mm meat? Give me water." When it when it
1: looks at you, when it looks at you, Pete. Yeah. When
0: when the philodendron <laughs> looks at me.
1: Well, you had a plural in there, but um, so in, in, in my head, I, I guess I. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of be like, oh, I don't know, I wasn't sure how I felt about them talking. I think it's like more intense and distressing if they don't talk. But yeah, I thought they were cool. I'm hoping that they show up again. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought they were cool than the Nile.
0: The the torturing of Des was um, pretty brutal. That's...
1: But, like, how much crazier would that be if they also didn't talk and didn't understand? <laughs> I don't know. This is just, just my taste. Um, no, I thought the drinker were really cool, and, yeah, I hope they show up more. Um, what did you think of them?
0: I thought it was, I thought it was um, pretty good villains. I'm curious when we're going to see them again. I don't think it's going to be for a while. Um Interesting. That seems to be... I I, I view a lot of these things as, like, back pocket. Um, Like, introduce, maybe...
1: Like, long game.
0: Long game, or, like, introduce... You know, like, Resistance, um, the TV show, introduce some concepts, introduce some planets. Um, Maybe we'll see them in some other medium at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm surprised we have not talked about Cormac McCarthy's... Um, Master, who was Jedi, um, Snake, whose seatbelt was not put oh, in yeah. properly, hence <laughs> <laughs> why she died.
1: Um, and I, yeah, because they were like, Oh, the you know, simics or something, Master simics was like, is like a snake person, and I just assumed it was that horrifying crime against humanity. Oh. GoPro, whoever, Mm -hmm. just like whoever designed that monster and infected my mind with it. You're not welcome in my home. Um, But no, it's just like literally a snake. Mm -hmm. But that's cool because there's also literally a rock and it's the coolest thing in Star Wars that I can recall. Geo rules.
0: Apparently that is in... A comic book, Leia, um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. That's not the first. This isn't the first time that species has. Been-
1: oh, the manga. Hmm. Interesting. I loved it, and like, I don't know. I would. I would love the idea of them putting that Brock people in a movie, <laughs> and like in the book, you never, you never are cognizant of Geo moving.
0: Yeah, I thought
1: that was... He's just always there. And I love the idea of that, like, cinematically. Like, you have... Like, if there was just a whole trilogy of movies where the Chewbacca was a rock and you never actually saw the rock move, but it was always where it needed to
0: be, oh, my God. I mean, that just, would be incredible. Just I love it. Where um, about to be plunged into space, mm-hmm. and then Gia, like, what, blocks the entrance? Or...
1: Yeah, and I I love – because it that whole book, I was like, all right, this is – again, nothing but shout-outs to Claudia Gray here. But that whole like, – because that whole book, it felt like, oh, they're setting up Geode for, like, something. And I feel like in a in a lesser writer's hands, maybe it'd be like, oh, Geode is a super saiyan. Or look at all – he shoots lasers out of everything, and he can levitate. And, he, and it's just like, no. His big moment is – The same thing he's been doing the whole time. He just shows up. He's just a rock. All he did was be a rock. Mm -hmm. And that was his big hero moment. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I think Geode was, yeah, one of my favorite parts of it. But also, again, we really got to talk about Leox because I knew about this character going in because I begrudgingly ended up watching that hour-long High Republic launch event where they talked with all the authors. Mm -hmm. And they asked each of the authors who their favorite character was. And Claudia Gray said, this guy, Leox. And she explained that she needed, uh, you know, a smuggler, but she didn't want to just go back to the haunt Solo. Well, and that like a friend of hers or somebody was like, "You should do 1990s Matthew McConaughey," and that's how this character came to be. And I was hearing, I was like, "Yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> that's who this is." And it I think she was very successful in exactly what she was going for. He was a smuggler. He's certainly like in the same world, I guess, as a Han Solo, but he never felt like, you know, Dash Rendar, who's just Han Solo while Han Solo's frozen in carbonite or whatever, and he still felt like his own thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that character was great. Um, what did you think? So, I guess the the stuff I would, I kind of was getting hung up on a little bit, and I guess I hesitate to say as much because I feel like you know light of the jedi i'm like oh yeah lord Greystorm rules and in this book i'm like oh yeah this guy leox rules and i feel like it's like oh yeah you're an 18 34 year old male of course that's what you think and now as an 18 34 year old male you're about to be like yeah the girl story i don't know,
0: but I don't know. well we did yeah uh, i mean we didn't talk about afi trying to abolish slavery in her guild Or indentured servitude yeah well
1: and actually yeah and i mean as it as it did get to that stuff in the end i guess it was more like i didn't care for her evil stepmom but i guess you're not supposed to um yeah i don't know i i and i guess my yeah like the the chapters with her trying to feel out her stepmom which i guess wasn't that long but i was sort of just like this lady's evil um and uh yeah what i mean in hindsight knowing what it led up to i guess and like this idea that there is there are indentures in Mm -hmm. the galaxy because that also seems to me to like when padme and phantom menace is like there is no slavery in the galaxy and like at that point in phantom menace is she including indentures like is this something that is going to be fixed in this timeline before and when padme says that indentures are also no longer a thing i don't know yeah Uh, i don't know i guess maybe it was the parent quest of it all i don't know i I feel like i'm an 18 34 year old male putting his foot in the mouth and then from the from just a pacing perspective Star Wars books i'm still getting into star wars books you know and it um like them leaving the station was a lull for Mm -hmm. me and especially once it became clear that it was like, they're leaving the station and then they're going to give everyone that was on the station a reason to go back to the station. And part of me couldn't have a wonder, like, would this have been, like, a more... Would there have been more momentum if they just been on the station the whole time? Did they really need to go to Corazine and come back?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, for the only reason that, like, oh, Jora's dead. And... That's it. Yeah, That's pretty much it. All for cool. reading. I
1: mean, she you know, Abby speaks with her evil stepmom, who's like a bird dinosaur lady.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we have to learn the politics uh, of a guild that does not exist or is not a thing in the main trilogy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So those were like those were maybe parts I was um, slightly less invested in, but. I, I still really enjoyed the book. And then my other big complaint, huge complaint here actually, is Des talks about his previous assignment being on Zedouine. And it's like, guys, come on. You can't just put anything in front of got <laughs> Antoine, Zedouine, Tadouine. I'm tired, I man. We've we'll got a Red Bull Uween. I don't know. Come on, guys. we got to nip this in the bud. He's getting out of control.
0: Well, um, I think we're both, um, we're pretty positive about this.
1: Um, absolutely. I mean, I would say I was on the fence. I read Light of the Jedi. I didn't think I was going to read this book, and glad I did. I think I, like I said, I think I actually preferred it. I would, if you, if you are also on the fence as I was, I recommend taking, taking the time and reading it. I enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. All
0: right. Well, um, if you want to get a hold of us, Poeways Podcast at gmail.com, our Twitter. And if you want to get a hold of us and you are, um,
1: zero to 17 or 35 and over, um, not a male
0: please um okay please please listen to the content i I, he was not specific enough